Welcome to the Some Weird Podcast, a podcast about strange and unusual stories told by us, a sister and brother team hailing from the island of Newfoundland. I am your co-host Chrissy, and my brother Barry is your other co-host. We are currently working on the finale for Season 5, with another episode dedicated to weird stories from our home province, but it's not quite ready yet. In the meantime, please give a listen to this remastered version of our most popular episode, The Newfoundland Fairies. When Barry and I started this podcast, we knew this was a definite topic, and while our storytelling and editing skills have improved over the last couple of years, this was still one of our all-time favorite episodes to record. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Without further ado, let's get it on the go. Have you ever lost track of time? Ever been deep in a binge session of an awesome show and then suddenly it's two in the morning? Or maybe you're driving along on autopilot when you realize, hey, I'm already here. It takes a moment or two, but you snap back and get your bearings. Happens to us all, right? After one of these momentary lapses, did you ever feel not quite right? Did the people around you start treating you differently? Did they see you as a completely different person? Or maybe think you're not even a person at all? If so, then maybe you were taken by the fairies. Ranging from mischievous tricksters to straight-up evil, these creatures are not your daughter's delightful disnified sprites. They are to be feared and respected. And they are some weird. Welcome to another episode of the Some Weird Podcast, and this week we are going to be talking about the fairies. Yes. I'm Barry. And I'm Chrissy. And where we grew up in Newfoundland, the legend of the fairies was well known, even for people of our age. When we started doing this and I started talking to a couple people, this is one of the most interesting things of this whole thing, is that the fairies was not Newfoundland-wide thing. No, I kind of was under the impression that... The fairies were part of Newfoundland cultural heritage all over, but not so much. It's really kind of localized mostly to uh, Conception Bay area. I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I have no idea. But like I said, I, I spoke to my wife. My wife's from the Bjorn Peninsula. She has never, ever heard of this. She's like, not with fairies. I don't know what are you talking about. Tinkerbell. No, this is not a Tinkerbell situation. I asked a friend of mine from Bozentia. He's kind of heard of it, but not really. A friend in Cornerbrook, never heard of it. Some people in Central, never, ever heard tell of this before. That really blew my mind because I thought, like you said, the fairies was a part of Newfoundland is getting screeched in. But that is not the case. Let's talk about the origins of the fairies. So the fairy lore was brought by the Irish, English, and Scottish settlers. They settled all over the province, but through the history of Newfoundland, each community was a little bit isolated from others. So if you're talking about Conception Bay North versus the Buren Peninsula, they may as well have been different countries, right, space-wise. Even if you think about it, if you go from town to town in Newfoundland, you might hear a completely different accent. Oh, I mean, you go from Island Cove to Shearstown to Butlerville, you get three different accents. And that's like a 10-minute drive. So it, maybe it's not so surprising that this fairy lore was localized to a certain area. Yeah. This is something that I found interesting. The First Nations people also had a type of fairies in their lore. Okay. So the European settlers, they bring their fairy stories, but then they come here, and the people here, they also have fairy stories. Yeah, that makes it almost... Well, we not go as far as say it's plausible, but it's interesting that two groups that obviously never would have mingled before had a very similar... A similar explanation for kind of yeah. things that go wrong. 
But the Newfoundland fairies, their stories came over with the Irish and English and the Scottish settlers. So why are they called the fairies? Or they're also known as the good people or the gentle people, which is really the opposite of, of what they really are made to be, right? <laughs> From the stories so, I've heard, they're not very gentle. They're neither nice nor gentle, but they're named such a way as like a sign of respect. So like you don't want to piss off the fairies, so you call them the good people. It's yeah. like calling a bald guy curly. It's the opposite. <laughs> but yeah, you don't want to provoke them, so you, you show them respect. And as I kept reading more and more about the fairies, I kept having this saying come to my mind because it seems so silly, right? It's kind of foolish. I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. <laughs> I looked at a lot of origin stories and origin theories around the fairies. And one of the ones I read about was fairies are former angels that actually got banished from heaven. I didn't see that one, but okay, why not? So this theory basically said, I guess it's a religious-based theory. They were banished from heaven. Mm -hmm. God closed the heavenly gates, and the gates of hell were also closed, so they were kind of stuck on earth. So earth is the limbo of angels? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Another theory said that they're former angels that aren't good enough for heaven and not bad enough for hell. So if that's true, I guess my life is going to end up being a fairy once, uh, once I've said none. <laughs> so you got these fairies. What do they look like? There's all these different renditions of what they are. They kind of look different based on... I don't know if it's different towns or different types of fairies. I don't know. But usually they're small, two to four feet, the size of a child, I guess. Sometimes they got beards. Sometimes they're wearing hats. Sometimes they got capes. Sometimes they're faceless. Sometimes they're glowing white. <laughs> <laughs> All encompassing. One thing, though, is they're not always friendly. I mean, they do mischievous things based on different stories that we get. Right. And I find that the later in time, the less evil the fairies become and the more like tricksters they become. And I always find the funny thing about the fairy stories, there's always like three degrees of separation from the person. Like my grandmother's niece's nephew's cousin's yes. neighbor or something like that. It's almost like nobody knows anybody who was directly taken by the fairies, but everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who was taken by the fairies. Exactly. Right. Well, people really did believe this back in the day, not so much today, but I mean, there's these things called fairy paths where I guess for generations, the fairies moved along and all this and... People actually, when they're building houses, you put rock piles. And the next morning, they come up, the rock pile had to be tipped over or something like that. They believed it was because it was on a ferry path. And they'd actually change the, the way they're building the house or, or demolish it or start over or build in a different spot. They'd pile up rocks to see if they were toppled over or they were on if, a ferry path? If they're toppled over, they'd be on a ferry path. Or they'd build like a, where the frame that thing was going to be. They'd do it like put some straw in that there. If it was all moved or disturbed, I guess is the word I'm looking for. How did day, anything they, ever get built in Newfoundland? Like every... Most uh, heavy rocks. I guess that's why they had to use rocks. Like They couldn't have used hay because it's generally windy enough to blow the horns off a goat. So if you were, <laughs> if you were going to put some straw down to see if the fairies were going to disturb it, it's the wind. It's Yet much. houses did manage to get built on fairy paths. One like, very close to our house, or our mom's house, I should say. There's a house up there built on the fairy path. Another thing about fairy paths, too, is if your house happened to actually be built on it and you mistakenly didn't realize that it actually wasn't a fairy path, people would suggest you leave the front door and the back door open so that the fairies can come on through. All the time? Yeah, at night so that the fairies can get through. Now, I don't know about you, but I ain't leaving my doors open, the front and back no. door open for the fairies. No, you would freeze to death for one a, thing. Free, freeze to death and B, I don't want fairies going through my house every night. Maybe they were local ne'er-do-wells, and they're like, oh, your house is on a fairy path. You should leave your doors open. That's right. And leave <laughs> money around, too. So there's all kinds of things or all kinds of ways to keep fairies away. Number one was keep a few pennies in your pocket. Apparently, okay. they, they dislike iron. 
also say you carry a bit of bread in your pocket. I don't know. Is is it they're afraid of bread, or is it that you give them bread and then they won't bother you? The whole carrying bread in your pocket—that was something that I feel like I knew from the womb. What's the deal with bread? Are they all celiac? Why do they hate bread? So <laughs> they, want, they want Nan's homemade bread. That's, I think that's what it is. So I think that the bread represents a couple of things. One, the host. Yes. Like the bread of life. So I wonder if it had that sort of significance. Just think about the Hunger Games. That's where I knew the fairy story was going. <laughs> but the whole Hunger Games, there's an entire motif of bread. And it symbolizes your homestead, your civilization, and what's keeping you alive. So even the country is called Pan Am. That's derived from the word for bread. The character Pita, that's a type of bread. I knew that it's a type of bread. I never, I never put that together before. but Well, that's what I'm here for. So the symbolism of the Hunger Games as it relates to the fairies. <laughs> this is my master's thesis. <laughs> bread is a motif, not just in Newfoundland, but across types of literature, plus religious symbols for what is good, what is home, what is civil. That's where I think the whole carrying bread in your pocket comes from. Okay. And another thing was if you wore your clothes inside out. So these fairies would confuse them. They can't be that smart. You know, give them a penny, wear your shirt backwards, and okay, I'll leave you alone. It doesn't... <laughs> They're like the smartest, most mischievous fallen angels slash dead children's soul unbaptized. Yeah. Yet if they see it inside out coat, they're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do here. So I guess I'll out. go on. Yeah. Another thing I read that I've never heard before is they dislike salt and people who actually rub salt in their hair. <laughs> rub salt it in their, in their hair? Rub it in their <laughs> eyes and get burned. No, but... Are you talking about um, kids in the hall? I said as a kids in the hall. <laughs> don't put salt in your eyes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I read that recently. I, I've never heard that before, but in the research here, that's what I picked up. Another okay. thing I heard that I've never heard before is running water. And they say if you run across a stream, that'll keep the fairies chasing you. They don't like running water, so they won't continue. Now, if you look at stories of like the bad guys, witches, vampires, those Razor like... Razor Ramon? Who? The bad guy Razor Ramon, former Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> I, I didn't know how it was going to work it in, but there it is. That's a wrestler, I, I assume. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Is this an 80s guy? Was he taken by the fairies? More is he four 90s, feet not, tall? He's not four feet tall, and he's more of 90s, but uh, he, okay. he may have been taken by the fairies. I don't know. But anyway, Razor Ramon, witches, and vampires, apparently they can't cross running water. I guess so. So I guess maybe the fairies are sort of in that, I was going to say trilogy. They hangs out with that crowd. Yeah, exactly. And there's another thing, too. If your house is on a fairy path, why don't you just get like a fish tank or something like that so the running water keep out instead of leaving your doors open all the time? <laughs> that would be a much more fit. It's like when, when people say if there's a zombie apocalypse, just put a bunch of treadmills in front of your house. <laughs> as long as the power is still good, you're good. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I guess if you want to keep fairies out, close the doors. You can't afford to heat Bay Roberts. <laughs> and stick a couple of fish tanks out there. Perfect. And one other thing about fairies is the fairy rings. I'm going to let you explain it because I don't know it as well as you, but apparently it's, it's kind of like a, a meeting place for the fairies. I actually saw a fairy ring on the Klondike. It was there was, any fairies there? I did not see any fairies. And this is actually kind of weird. I swear to God I took a picture of this fairy ring, and I cannot find that photo anywhere. Wow. Was that the day you went out on your own, you were on the Klondike, you took this picture, and you showed up again like five days later, and we're like, where were you been? And you're like, I've only been gone an hour. <laughs> Was that that day? That time? I don't recall. <laughs> no, but I, I really can't find that picture. But a fairy that, that ring... That is pretty creepy. 
anything that will grow like in a circular pattern and it's supposed to be exactly what you said the fairies will get together in the fairy ring and they'll dance and howl at the moon or do whatever <laughs> chant chant do whatever, have, whatever the hell they do have wrestling matches <laughs> sumo wrestling that's what the salt's all about they put the salt around <laughs> the, the ceremony of salt before the fairy match <laughs> there's one in harbor grace right there is yes a bunch of trees grown in a, a circle of, yeah 13 trees or something around a bog oh it's 13 trees i think so yeah i've not seen it have you i've seen a picture of it i so. don't know where it is and i think i asked mom one time and she said she went looking for it and couldn't find it she got lost she didn't take a breadwinner jared <laughs> sure not backwards so <laughs> Mutter, put your shirt on backwards and put a slice of bread in your pocket. For God's sake. She went out in the woods and came back a month later. (laughs) (laughs) No worse for wear. In Newfoundland, this was a real thing, and people really believed it. Not so much our generation, but certainly the generation before us, or maybe even two generations before us, but it really was a thing. And, I mean, even in high school, there was people that swore up and down that the fairies was a real thing. Definitely. Everybody had a great uncle's sister's brother's nephew. That went at chopping yep. wood, and they found him a week later on an island in the middle of a pond, and his horse was on the island, and half his head was missing. <laughs> Covered in forget-me-nots and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> There's two sort of main stories behind what the fairies are all about. One is a term that my sister made up that I didn't realize she made up when we first started talking about this. It's called bog sirens. <laughs> so I'm going to let you explain what bog sirens are. So a bog siren is the same as a water siren. Back in the day, sailors would say they would call to the rocks by a beautiful voice, a siren, as it were, and it would cause them to wreck their ship upon the rocks. Well, I decided to call the fairies the bog sirens because part of the fairy lore in Newfoundland is fairies will lead you astray when you're in the wilderness. So the big thing about these types of fairies, and these are the only fairies I have ever heard of, these specific fairies, these bog sirens that will now become a thing because of this podcast, um, they would basically be the fairies that are in the woods and someone would go out berry picking, and next thing you know, they get lost and, and the fairies will take them away, that type of thing. These are the fairies that people were always saying, don't go in the woods or the fairies will get you. So yeah, bog sirens are definitely the predominant part of the fairy story that I knew growing up. And there's a lot of interesting stories about these fairies. And sometimes, like some get lost, berry picking, they'd be gone for several days. And for whatever reason, when the person shows up again, they feel like they've only been gone for an hour. So that's a very common theme. Another one is about fairy pass and houses being built on fairy pass. There's a lot of stories I came across about that. Probably the best story that I read, though, is way back in October of 1880, there was a man, his name was John Epps. And he sued his employer for 13 days of lost wages. So his employer, his name was Mr. Hickey, said, I didn't pay you because you didn't show up for work. Okay. Why did he even go beyond this? <laughs> it's pretty much the end now. <laughs> I pay you for a wage to do a job, and if you don't do the job, you don't get paid the wage. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. But this actually went to court, and he said he had every intention of going to work, but he woke up before dawn to walk to work, so I'm not sure he must have started early. And he had a long walk, so he was walking to work, and he came across a funeral, which is also an interesting story to have a, a funeral at dawn, but... Uh, <laughs> This guy seems like he's full of baloney. Yeah. But anyway, he lost his senses, and he was he said he got carried away by the fairies. So the fairies found him at this Don funeral and <laughs> took him away. So he actually had a witness testify on his behalf that he was found three days later just kind of lying in this field talking gibberish. This okay. is like the real dog ate my homework type story, right? <laughs> For sure. 
So Mr. Hickey, the the guy, the employer, he didn't mm-hmm. deny the fairies took him or anything like that. He said, you know, you, I, I don't know why he didn't show up to work, but in order for you to get paid for these 13 days you missed, you need to make up the time and then I'll pay you. Makes sense. But interesting that he didn't say that's baloney. It was more like, oh, well, the fairies took you or not, you still weren't there for 13 days. It's kind of not my problem. Yeah. So and here's the best part of the story. <laughs> the judge ruled that Epps' story was convincing enough that Mr. Hickey had to pay for his <gasps> pay his salary. So apparently he tried to sue. He didn't get, he didn't get that money, but he, he did get his wages back because he said it was a plausible enough story. No way. So the 1880 courts of St. John's obviously believed in Newfoundland. So there's a precedent there. So if you ever don't want to show up for work, say the fairies got you, you can quote this case as a precedent. That's right. I mean, that's like tabloid news. Yeah, it's like Bat Boy. Uh... Bat Boy. But stories of this nature are very common where basically something gets led astray by the fairies. They're out berry picking. These bog sirens come and they're chanting and, and you kind of get enchanted and, and you start losing your sense of direction and you start following them and they take mm-hmm. you away and you're gone for days and days and days. But for the person who's gone, they only seem like it's an hour or so. Like we always said, there's always three degrees of separation story. There's always back in the day type of thing. So I tried to find a more recent story about the fairies and i came across one a gentleman by the name of bob hollett he's an artist and a musician in newfoundland and he had a story from in the 2000s actually from in kilbride which is a section of st john's his family had a dog a 200 pound newfoundland dog wasn't afraid of anything or anyone or anything like that so um he was at one night he was out walking his dog in kilbride and up ahead in the path all of a sudden he started getting this really strange feeling and up ahead there was like a figure he said it was probably around two to four feet squatting down in the path and uh had like scarves and, and things like that just like kind of blowing off him and it was just kind of waving in the wind but it wasn't that windy and the dog who was you know never afraid of anything was crying like it was after caught in a trap or something like that wow so the dog actually ripped the leash right out of his arm and took off the other way so this figure looked at the guy walking the dog bob stood up and just kind of stared at him so bob didn't know what to do it had a face the face was just blurred out. But like you see his shadow turning and looking at you. He could feel that it was looking at him. So he didn't know what to do. So he turned around and walked away. He was afraid if he ran, it would probably disturb him or scare him or have him chase him or something like that. So he just turned around and walked away. And he said he never, ever believed in fairies before, but he said that's a true story. And, and ever since then, he at least thinks it's a plausible thing. The one thing I've always wondered, what are these fairies trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? Or what are they doing out in the woods? Like, what's their goal in life? <laughs> Screw with people? Are you asking me, like, a legit question here? Like, for anybody who believes this or whatever, like, what do they think the fairies are there doing? Are they just living their life? Are they trying to make things bad for everybody? I'm just wondering, what, what, what are they trying to accomplish here? It's a good question. Just walking around hmm. past in the middle of the night and saying, don't you dare put something on my pattern, that's it. Don't put no salt I, there. I guess Maybe. there is a thought that the fairies were there before us, right? And, and mm-hmm. like, it was their land before our land, and uh, we're encroaching on them, and... They're kind of leaving us alone, but if we encroach on their paths or, or their areas that you don't want them to be, then they'll retaliate, I guess. I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> but what's their purpose? Do they go to work? Do they have a job? Did they have to report to their boss that they missed 13 days because they were abducting a human? <laughs> hey, where were you been? Oh, I was taking a human. You know? <laughs> the fairy court guy is like, the human defense? No one believes in that garbage. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Go looks- get yourself abducted. Go out in the woods without any bread or, or coins and put all your clothes on the right way and see if they'll take you and find yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's my plan. 
But the ferry path one is something that's very interesting. Like people would actually stop construction or mm-hmm. change how they're going to build a house because they didn't want to be on a ferry path. There was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Curran, I believe his name was. Okay. Basically, he recently got married and he decided they're going to, to settle in the southern shore area of Newfoundland. Uh, so he built a house in the meadow in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started noticing strange things. Not long after the house was built, dishes would be taken out of the cupboard, sometimes smashed. Pictures they had hung on the wall would be turned around or flipped over or things like that. And people stopped visiting the house. The word got out. Mm-hmm. So um, he started talking to, I guess, the elders of the community to see what was going on. And it turned out that he had his house built on the ferry path. Well, why didn't they clue him in in, in the beginning if they knew? <laughs> you told, told him that right from day one. Like, <laughs> well, you first nail your first board and said, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't build there if I were you. Maybe they're, they're like starved for entertainment. So the elders are sitting back going, why, look at this jerk building his house on a ferry path. Can't, can't wait to see what's going to happen to the ferry so to this poor soul. Do you have the year or time frame for this? I don't have a year or time frame. It's, it's okay. one of these uh, stories. Is that I t- I'm telling this story like my grandfather told me, mm-hmm. my great-grandfather told him, and hopefully you'll tell your kids or that type of thing. So, Okay. But uh, basically what they ended up doing is a bunch of people in the town got together, and they actually moved the house to the other end of the meadow. Ever since they moved the house, there was no more uh, dishes falling, no more pictures flipping over. So Wow. Uh, They're committed to that idea. I'm willing to bet that this happened in the 1800s, because I feel like almost all of the stories that I read were mostly in that time frame. No, I just Googled it again, and it happened three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the bogs are in fairies, as we are. These small kids that live in the woods, that travel in the woods, and you get lost, and they'll just take you away, or you, you hear them chant, and they hear you call your name, and you build a house in their path, and they don't really like that kind of stuff. So they kind of uh, seek revenge for these types of things. Some people mm-hmm. say there are good fairies and bad fairies. Most of the stories, though, there's not a lot of good to them like it's never a protective thing at least not nothing i've come across right are you ready to talk about the seriously dank side of this i am very ready to hear that okay the other side of the fairy lore is the changeling lore now like i said this can get very dark this was a belief that the fairies would come and take away your perfectly good human baby and replace it with their own. They could also do it with adults. If your brother's uncles, which would also be your uncle. <laughs> but anyway, if they started acting really weird and like suddenly they're not quite right anymore, then they're taken by the fairies. They're a changeling. But I'm going to focus more on the baby getting taken away. Are these the same fairies that are like hanging out in the woods and, and yep. chanting and, and, and saying, get off my path? Yeah. They also do this too. So it's the same group. It's not like a different type of fairy. No, this is the same, get off my lawn, give me your baby, same people. (laughs) Don't be picking me berries. (laughs) Exactly. Put your shirt on the right side so I can come take you. (laughs) Don't confuse me. Sometimes the fairies would just come and just take your baby away for like giggles or whatever and uh, replace it with one of their own. Sometimes they would replace it with a log or a bundle of sticks. (laughs) A log? Can you go check on little baby Henry for me, please? Oh my God, he's been petrified. <laughs> you're really committed to the neurosis at this point. If you're looking at this log and go, do you see my beautiful baby? It's a log now. Um, Carve a face into it. Was there reasoning as why the fairies would switch your baby with a pile of sticks? Yes. Well, the pile of sticks or a log, that would just be to like screw with you. If they would replace your baby with a fairy... They were like the aviary deadbeats, the cuckoos. And what they were doing was taking your perfectly good, healthy, beautiful 
baby away and replacing it with an old, sick fairy so that the humans would comfort the old fairy in its last days. Oh, okay. So it's really would a healthy baby be raised as a fairy and become a fairy? They eat it? No, they would take it away for like a slave. Oh. Or just because they liked beautiful things and the beautiful baby was so pretty that they would take it away. I don't know. Like babies, they can't really do much as a slave. <laughs> shit, They're baby. more of a burden than a... More, exactly. The baby's a shit and the poor fairy. So who's going to clean up the shit? From the-, <laughs> the fairies are like, well, we didn't think this out well at all. <laughs> the worst slave ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what they thought. Or maybe they just liked the, the beautiful baby and they wanted it for their own. There was ways that you could tell if your baby was not your baby anymore, but it was an old sick fairy instead. So it, it looked the exact same, everything? Well, no. If you suddenly saw your baby smoking a pipe, <laughs> it might be a changeling. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a good sign that it's not your baby. It's a six, our six-month-old baby smoking a pipe. Seriously, I, I, I seriously read that. I was like, um, okay, I have to... Maybe. I have to put that in there. But yeah, clear sign. If the baby is smoking, <laughs> it's probably not your baby anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, a good, uh, <laughs> that's a good indicator. Another way to, to tell if your baby was not really your baby anymore was if it was cranky or if it wouldn't eat properly or if it had trouble sleeping, otherwise known as every baby in the history <laughs> of Earth. <laughs> All the non-smoking babies I've ever heard of. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good indication oh, too. Like, if, yeah, yeah, but so like I colicky mean, babies, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if your kid didn't sleep one night, like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't freak out so much. It's probably still your baby. Don't, don't but, go buy a pipe the next day. Here, you want the like, you buy a pipe and lay it near the crib. <laughs> See if the baby picks it up. But uh, those were real things, but they're kind of, to me, they were funny. But what's not funny at all is if your baby was physically deformed Mm -hmm. or if they started to show signs that they weren't developing normally, then they could be a changeling. And that's where it really gets sad. So if you think about autism spectrum disorder, you don't usually see signs of that until they're 18 months or two years old. I guess people are <clears throat> trying to come up with an explanation of how yeah. could this possibly have happened and the only logical explanation in the mind of someone whose baby was not what they were hoping it would be is, is that right. something must have switched it or something like that. So mm-hmm. It wasn't even only if it was developing slowly. If the baby seemed to be like too smart, like wise beyond its months because it's a baby, it doesn't have years yet, then that could be a changeling. So no matter what the circumstance is, try to be mediocre. Don't be too much. Don't be too little. Just be right on that line. How do you know a baby is smarter than than the average baby? I mean, they well, they're smoking a pipe and they got elbow patches on their uh, tweed jackets. <laughs> Playing backgammon and discussing current events. So now you know how to find out if your baby is not your baby. What happens if you find out that your baby is actually a changeling? You can get it back. And if you don't joke about it, you'll probably cry. A common way to get your baby back from a changeling was if you put it near hot ashes, over a fire, or if you heated up a shovel and put the changeling on the shovel, the fairy would fly away and your real baby would come back. Or if you held it underwater, 
This is like witch trial rules. Yeah, this is like crazy stuff. Yes, it's horrific. So if you think about like, you know, the witch trials, the theory was for if you were a witch, right? If you threw a witch in the water and it floated, it was a witch. So you had to kill her or mostly her, but sometimes him as well. But if she sank or he sank and drowned, then he was not a witch. I mean, either way, you're dead. It's kind of <laughs> stupid, right? That was sort of the same thing here. Like if you held a changeling underwater, your baby might be returned. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, really dark, so, terrible stories about heating up a shovel and putting your baby on a freaking shovel because you think it's a changeling. So I'm almost afraid to ask this, but would the baby survive this heated shovel and, and they, they just have a burn or something? They say, okay, we, we saved the baby. Sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. It's just unfathomable, but... Do people think that the change would happen instantaneous? Or if the baby survived, that means that they got him back? Is that the theory? or If the baby survived and returned to normal, then it was your baby. But, like, this is something that I want to kind of stress here. Like, these are not just the ideas of, like, simple folk, right? Simple people making stuff up, like superstitious stuff. These are also encouraged by the supposedly educated clergy, they would tell the parents of babies who were difficult to slap them until the fairy leaves them. Wow. Even now, but like especially in earlier days, whatever the priest said goes, right? For sure. Yeah. So if the priest says, slap that baby, there's a fairy in that baby. <laughs> like you're going to do it. This is fortunate. I did not find any cases in Newfoundland of infanticide because of a changeling. Okay. But I want to give an example. I did find several cases in Ireland and this is the least disturbing one. What was the, like, the time frame of uh, of these types of acts? The one I'm going to talk about happened in 1826 but there were ones that were later than that. I didn't see anything past 1900. This least horrific changeling baby story, toddler I guess story, was from 1826 and this was in County Kerry, Ireland. Anne Roche is the grandmother. She is on trial. Her grandson, Michael Leahy, he's four years old. He can't speak and he can't walk. She's okay. convinced that he is a changeling. He's been taken by the fairies. Her method for getting Michael back was to, over the course of three days, bathe him in uh, the river where three farms meet. I thought it was interesting that she uses three, like the trilogy, significant number in Christianity. Over three mornings where the three farms meet, you bathe the baby. And then the fairies will uh, bring the real Michael back. On the third day, he was held under water too long and, and he drowned. He died. Okay. There was an investigation. He was indicted for murder. She went on trial. What do you think the verdict was? I would hope it was guilty. She was not guilty. Her defense was that she was not killing Michael. She was trying to save him from the fairies. Much like Mr. Epps getting his, his money back. <laughs> except for uh, far higher price to pay far higher, higher stakes yeah yeah what i didn't find out is and this would have been a significant piece of information was was she found not guilty because they couldn't prove that she intended to kill him right oh. because of her own delusion that's a horrific story and that's the least crazy one i found <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't say much for the other stories, does it? No, they were not good. But I didn't find any cases in Newfoundland. I did find that the threat of curing the changeling was enough to cure the changeling. So there was a case, again, on the southern shore. A mother had her six-month baby in the crib. She went out to the well. She left the baby in the crib. She came back. She found 
<laughs> she found a small old man in place of the baby. <laughs> no word on whether the baby wow. was smoking. <laughs> so you're out to the well. You come home. You see a little old man in the crib where your baby was. What do you do? What was in that well water would be the first thing I'd think. <laughs> or maybe she was taken by the fairies and the baby had grown up over years. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. No, she did what many people would do. She called the priest. So the priest comes to the house. He sees a fairy changeling in the crib and he says, all right, what we got to do here now, get that shovel that you use for your coal. I'm going to heat it up in the stove. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put that changeling baby on this shovel and you're going to flick it over your shoulder. This is advice from a priest. <laughs> Solid advice. <laughs> I'm looking at your face and, and you're like, mm-hmm, okay. And the baby is like an old man? When, when the baby was about? an old man. Okay. But also a baby? <laughs> the cure for old age is, is a heated shovel. I don't know why the shovel... I don't know if it was because you wanted to be distant from the fairy and you needed a long handle. I don't know what that was all about. So anyway, the priest saw the changeling. He went over and heated up the shovel red hot. But by the time he got back over to the crib... <laughs> the baby was, was a baby again. The baby was a baby again. According to the story, it was like the uh, fairy saw what was going to happen to their old gross fairy that they exchanged a baby <laughs> for. Burn, burn poor old skipper there. <laughs> uh, so they changed the baby back before the priest could put it on a hot shovel and throw it over your shoulder. Well, that's good. But I wonder in this story, did the mother look at this and go, this is happening? No, never mind. That's the baby. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a crazy story. It's almost like, you know, when your kid is acting up and you're like, I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Right. I'm going to heat up the shovel. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing, I think. Now, the baby who's six months, they don't understand that the shovel is coming for them. So I, I don't know uh, why the threat brings the real baby back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, to say that. it's not all shovels and drowning. Another way that you could deal with changelings, aside from putting it on a hot shovel, if you have a baby that's really colicky or, or cranky or needs extra affection... If you were to give that changeling extra attention, extra love, extra coddling, then it would return back to the normal baby. So, so if you're sick and you give medicine, <laughs> drives the fairy out of him. <laughs> that's basically, that's the logic there. It is, except for at least if you look at this part of the story, to me, that has some value. Putting your youngster on a shovel and throwing him over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't that probably has no good outcome if when my son was like six months old and i went to the crib and he was <laughs> i was an old man in there i don't i really don't know what i do you got a wood stove right oh, that's right i got a shovel too i had a shovel out there <laughs> you know exactly what you need to do why does my child have a beard now <laughs> why is he smoking a pipe why does it smell we'll fix that oh my god it's horrible though isn't that yeah, horrible it is I, there's no good that's going to come out of putting your baby on a shovel. But no. this side of the story where if your baby is cranky or needs extra attention, if you give it extra love and extra attention, that actually has a good outcome. It helps parents who get very frustrated. So you just said, like, if you saw an old man instead of your child, you'd be like, <laughs> what the hell? But, like, if you thought that your kid was taken, you would do anything, right, to get yeah, to sure. get him back, right? Like, there wouldn't even be a question. Even if that meant you had to coddle an evil creature in order to get him back, you would do that, yes, right? Yes, I would. Yeah. A so, anybody would. Right. Or most so, people would. Um, except for people who had an abundance of shovels. <laughs> 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 or they did want to share their tobacco. 
So aside from how to get your baby back, be nice to your baby, threaten him with a shovel, you know, all the classic <laughs> parenting techniques. You could also lessen your chances by doing a couple of things. Number one, get that baby baptized ASAP. Put a few extra dollars in the, in the collection plate. The other one was never leave your baby unattended ever at all. Even when they're sleeping, don't sleep. Yeah. Vigil 24-7. Don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> they could turn into something else. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of not... How can you expect someone to do that? So if you couldn't sit with them all night, never fear because you alluded earlier that fairies had an aversion to iron. So what you could do was just right over the crib, just go ahead and dangle an open pair of iron scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that will keep the fairies from coming and changing your baby. Because, I mean, the fairies, they don't want to get stabbed by open scissors dangling over a baby's crib. Yeah, the baby will be fine. Don't worry about that. If iron is the thing, why not just like sew a little bit of iron into the blanket, right? Yeah, just a couple of them shavings that you used to put the magnet on. That's all you need. Or just lay something near the crib. Does it really need to be blades dangling over the baby? Maybe people <laughs> just hated babies. They're like, oh, it's a changeling. Better get the shovel. Yeah. I don't know. We got... <laughs> <laughs> we got a changeling baby. <laughs> but anyway, those were the ideas for like how to not have your baby spirited away by evil beings. It is dark. Like I said, when I always hear about the fairies, it's always this fun loving thing of these pranksters out in the woods trying to play tricks on you and this and that. And now you're talking about burning people with shovels and babies smoking pipes. Like I, <laughs> I never, like I said, I guess I don't understand now why I never heard this side of the story before. Every story that I saw about the changelings was pre-1900. Right. So yeah. in everyday life, just like hanging out, going up to McDonald's and stuff like that, you wouldn't hear about such and such being a changeling. But you would hear about such and such as grandfather who was berry picking and yeah. got lost in the woods. Right. Oh, yeah. My, my <laughs> uncle's grandmother's neighbor, uh, their baby was a changeling. So they got he left the shovel and they burnt the ass. Right off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so not funny. Like, honestly, people murdered their children. Yeah, that is, that It's is so terrible. Sad. So why would parents think that a baby is not theirs? What motivation do you have for going, that ain't my baby, that's an old fairy, um, <laughs> to explain the unexplainable? There's a lot of different syndromes that we know now have names that they didn't know about at that time that would explain, like, this doesn't look like a quote-unquote normal child. So yeah. uh, it was unexplainable. So it was a way for them to kind of explain that. If your child had some affliction that you did not know how to explain, it was easier for people to think that it was something supernatural, something out of my control. The fairies did it, and that would yeah. alleviate the burden of it being my fault, something yeah, I did. I made. Done, yeah. Exactly. And then also, you know, it might rid parents or, or family of the guilt for shunning somebody or for causing harm to somebody because it wasn't my child or my friend or my family member it was an evil fairy yeah you know it's you distance yourself yeah i mean i i guess at the time the, the you know the science wasn't there or the, the medical knowledge wasn't there so they had to come up with a reason and it can't be me so it has to be something so yeah. it must be the little fellows but what the fairies actually were i mean i'll go on the record right now i, I don't believe in fairies i really i don't think it's a real thing uh I think these stories are probably used, or was this a way of, I wouldn't say mind control, but you, know, you, say to your, you say to your kid, don't get lost in the woods. Why can't I go wandering in the woods? All oh, the fairies will get you. Well, who are the fairies? And then probably kind of went from there, right? Mm -hmm. Another way, if someone actually did get lost in the woods, somebody who you know was quote unquote 
you know, an experienced berry picker or an experienced hunter or whatever, and he got lost in the woods, well, pride would say, well, I didn't get lost in the woods. Uh, the mystical fairies led me astray, right? Right. Could be a, a reason, right? So another theory that people came up with or another way to use fairies to explain something was that sometimes, you know, horrible people would do horrible things. You know, a horrible person would, would kidnap a child for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, when the child came back or when whenever he came back, they said it was the fairies got him. And that's what explained the time he was, that child was away. It's yeah. easier to say it wasn't such and such from our nice little village. It was a pure evil. Yeah. And, you know, probably some people just making stories up because like telling ghost stories, like telling stories. Yeah. To make it, I'm sure the fairy stories as they're passed down, there's always stuff that's added to it and, and it makes it a better story than it was in, in originally, right? And they probably have a little bit of truth in there and that always yep. makes it a little bit more believable. I don't believe in it. I think it's very interesting and I do enjoy reading the stories. I don't like it as much now that I heard so much about the changelings. but <laughs> I think you're exactly right though. It's a lot of ways to control people or to explain things that people do not want to be faced with. Except overall, for the most part, when you don't listen to the changeling side, you, you block that part out. It's mostly just fun stories, right? And people like telling stories, and there's people that are good storytellers. So, Some people are really fun storytellers, and other people yeah. just ruin the day. <laughs> it was all fun and games till the shovel came out. <laughs> so that's the fairies. They're weird for all kinds of reasons. It's pretty localized in one area of Newfoundland. The stories themselves are weird. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who was taken by the fairies. And uh, just the whole reason behind, like, why you would even have such stories. It's all weird and interesting. If you've never heard of the fairies before, I hope you're enlightened from this story. And uh, and if anybody has any stories about fairies that would like to send them along, by all means, please do so. Bonus point if you yourself were taken by the fairies. Our email is someweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at someweirdpod. Let us know if you know the weirdest stories. Let us know if you know a changeling. If you are a changeling, that'd be even better. I think that was a fun episode. All fun and games till someone breaks out the shovel. <laughs> till that baby smoking the pipe. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Some weird, bye. Some weird. People are throwing ducks at balloons. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference. <laughs> um. <laughs>